He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. It was really debilitating. Like it's um it's difficult to describe, but it just has such a impact on absolutely every facet of your life. You know, um your sleeping habits, your mental health, you know, your relationships with other people because because it's so relentless and there is absolutely no escaping from it. It really affected my personality and, you know, my stress levels and I just felt like crap all the time. Kyora no my harumai kitiao hurihanga. Hello and welcome to Our Changing World, Kuklerk and Kanantene. Today we're talking tinnitus. Emily Lane was born with a hearing disability and has had tinnitus on and off all of her life. But it turned up, I think roughly in 2005 or 2006, it turned up permanently and it was excruciating. It was just so invasive, it was incredibly loud and there was just no escaping it. Tinnitus is a phantom perception. You are actually hearing the sound, but it's not a sound. This is Professor Grant Searchfield, Head of Audiology at Waipapa Taumata the University of Auckland. For every other sound that we hear, sound has a position in space created by an object that's making it. But tinnitus is heard as a sound, but it's an unreal sound. It isn't something that exists that we can interact with in the environment. And this dichotomy between real-world sound and tinnitus is part of the reason that's so bothersome and why our attention is drawn to it. Grant works with people who have chronic tinnitus, meaning it's stuck around for more than six months. Some of those people still won't have a problem because they've been able to adapt to it, a natural mechanism that they have. But for other people, it does take on this unusual importance and effectively the brain makes them pay attention to it. And in doing so, it can become a very vicious cycle where that attention focuses on the tinnitus, the tinnitus gets louder, they focus more attention onto it. So much so that the brain is working so hard in hearing the tinnitus that it's less able to focus on other activities and actually um, it reduces the ability to process on, on tasks. So it affects cognition. But importantly, it can affect things such as sleep. It's frustrating and it can impact on social life. It can lead to anxiety and depression for individuals. And in turn, those particular problems exacerbate the tinnitus. So when we're trying to treat tinnitus, we're treating both the sound but also the consequences. So our approach has been to tackle tinnitus in a multidimensional way to look at the sound, the reaction, tinnitus and how all these things interplay. Grant and his lab group have been working in the area of tinnitus for about two decades now and it's culminated in a digital therapeutic that the team has developed to help retrain people's brains. A lot of what we're trying to do is to promote the correct connections in the brain to reduce connections in the brain And it's important to say that when we talk about these brain changes, we're not talking about the brain shrinking or growing. We're talking about functional chemical connections that always happen when we learn. And so we're harnessing the brain's natural ability to learn, but we're training. We're essentially exercising the brain through our digital therapeutic to learn what are good sounds and what are tinnitus sounds. And through that, we create a disconnection between the tinnitus and perception, and if we achieve that, then the person no longer hears the tinnitus. Dr Phil Sanders worked on this digital therapy and ran a trial to test its effectiveness. 
But remember, the sound differs for each person. And not just that, says Phil. It's the sound, the experience, and the reaction, and how well they respond to treatment. So all different. So it's a really difficult thing to, to, to treat. So that's why we kind of work towards trying to individualize treatments. Okay, what is a digital therapeutic? Well, from a user's point of view, it's essentially like an app. Something on your phone or computer that you interact with. But, Grant and Phil tell me, digital therapeutic is the term for this kind of technology because it has research and evidence behind it, and it will be prescribed after initial conversation with an audiologist. So, how does it work? In the latest version that we're developing, there's essentially three main parts, which are called relief, relax, and retrain, and some of these things will overlap. These three sections, relief, relax, retrain, help with the personalization of the therapy because people can select what they need when they feel they need it. So if the tinnitus is really stressing the person out, they can go to the relax section. We would have things like a gently flowing river or a waterfall, forest sounds. We like to give people choice because different sounds mean different things to different people. And some sounds which someone might find calming, someone else might find distressing. So um, there'll be a range of, of sounds like that. The relief section is about drawing the person's attention away from the tinnitus so they can get a break from it. This is a bit of a crossover with the relaxation sounds. We might use similar sounds in some cases, but then there will be sort of more going on in it spatially. So we'll use uh, binaural sounds or um, spatialized sort of 3D sounds. We also have some that have been specially engineered so that the way that the, the sound develops over time changes. And some of those sounds are just kind of noise sounds like white noise or pink noise. Pink noise is like white noise, but with more lower frequencies. Which people don't necessarily always associate with something that they would find pleasant, but they can be very effective. Often when people give them a go, they actually find, oh yeah, this is nicer than listening to my tinnitus. For retrain, the user is actively involved in games and activities to engage with and move sound around and train their brain not to focus on the tinnitus. So on the prototype, we had a game where they would be presented with three sounds. So one would be to the left, one to the right, and one to the centre, so to both ears equally. And they would either be told to focus on one of those positions and then say what the sound was that they heard, or they would be told to listen for a sound and then they would have to listen to all the positions and then tell us where they heard it. Um, So that was a basic version in the next iteration. Yeah, we'll be making it a bit more complex than that. With their initial digital therapeutic prototype, the team ran a trial, comparing its use with a popular sound therapy app. Emily was part of this trial, and she used the digital therapeutic for about two to three hours per day over three months. Just basically like a, um, a set of um, bone conduction headphones. It's attached to a, an app on your phone and it's all connected via Bluetooth. And you know what? It's actually quite relaxing. Like it's just it's variations of, a, of white noise and there's a, there's a whole bunch of different sort of um, soundscapes and therapy that you can use. But they, they run you through a testing program and they're able to, uh, to test the, uh, the pitch and the tone of your tinnitus. And they then develop uh, white noise sounds that are specific to your pitch and tone. 61 people completed the trial, split into the two groups. And after 12 weeks of use, 43% of the users of the standard sound therapy app show clinically meaningful changes, as measured by the Tinnitus Functional Index, 
which is like a standard measurement of how badly tinnitus impacts a person's life. And for the users of this new therapy, 65% of people showed improvement. And Emily was one of them. I woke up one morning and it was gone. Oh, that must have been I amazing. I literally, I literally cried. It was just, it's just made such a difference in my life. It really has. So I've been living probably tinnitus free for about a year now, and it's just started coming. It's just started coming back. No, not to the um, nowhere near to the same extent as it was before. I've just been using the app again, and I just use it for probably um, half an hour a day, and it definitely manages to keep it at bay. It still comes back every now and then, but it's nowhere near the intensity or the volume that it was, and it's not permanent. And yeah, I'm just so grateful. So with this initial research trial evidence that it can help. It's all on. So now we're in the process of developing it into a commercial release. We're also in talking to the FDA to, to get approval for that. Um, but as you can imagine, with these things, it takes it takes time. And when you say the FDA, that's the US. So that's you're, you're US. also looking to see if you can make it commercially available in the United States. Yeah, that's correct. So a spin-out company has come out of this research, which is based in the US. So we have... The owners and founders are between New Zealand and, and the US. So that will be the next market. Grant says they're hoping to have it commercially available in New Zealand by the end of this year or early next. And this is kind of a neat full circle moment for him. I began uh, researching this basically because as a clinician, I found that I didn't really have any answers to the problems that were presented to me by patients. As a new clinician, I really didn't have any tools that I could use. So I've been looking at this over a period of time and been developing various solutions and we really come to the point now that we can put all those things together in a package that we can make available to clinicians and their patients to provide a, a successful tinnitus treatment. The team are also working on other things that might help. They're looking into machine learning algorithms that can track the digital therapy usage to help make predictions of what treatment works for which type of tinnitus. They're also investigating augmented and virtual reality to see if linking sound with visuals might help patients with their sense of control. In Professor Grant Searchfield's mind, the future looks bright. Well, I think the hope for the future is really good because I think that what we're beginning to understand is that we do need to personalise tinnitus treatments and we're beginning to understand how tinnitus differs from an individual to an individual. We're now getting to the point where we can record these brain waves and accurately predict who is and who's not going to benefit from treatment. This all means that we can begin to prescribe a therapy on the basis of individual needs and individual physiology so can, we can really tune it in to that person's uh, needs as opposed to taking a one-size-fits-all approach, which hasn't been successful. So I believe that in the future, whether it be digital therapy, medications, gene therapy even, we'll be able to do that because we have a great understanding of individual differences in tinnitus and that tinnitus experience. Thanks to Emily Lane, Professor Grant Searchfield, and Dr. Phil Sanders. Ko klerke kanana hau te kaihotu o tēne hōtaka i āwhina mai at Justin Gregory Rawa ko Ellen Rikers. I produced this one with help from Justin and Ellen. Sound engineering was by William Saunders and Tim Watkin is executive producer of podcasts and series at RNZ. 
If you want to know more about this topic, you can visit our webpage at rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworlds. We also post on Twitter or Facebook where we are at RNZ Science. You can also find and follow the Our Changing World podcast on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoy listening to Our Changing World, please do help spread the word about it. Tell one friend. It really helps. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. Kia pai to wiki.